Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Get smarter about things like saving on travel, because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancier dinner, too. Boosting your credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. And saving for an emergency fund, because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Peter Schiff. It is Monday, August 10th, 2015. On Friday, we finally got the Labor Department's release of the non-farm payroll number for July. And based on this report, it seems like everybody believes that a September rate hike is now a lock, that somehow this report has removed any remaining barriers between us and the September rate hike. And again, this is the rate hike that everybody has been expecting. We've been at zero for almost seven years. It's been nine years since the Fed last hiked rates. It's, you know, I wonder if they still remember how to do it. But for some reason, this report seems to have cleared the way, and I don't know why. I mean, there's nothing special about this report. If the Fed has been looking for an improvement in the data, certainly the July non-farms payroll report isn't an improvement at all. At best, it's more of the same. But actually, it represents, I think, a relatively weak report relative to what we've been getting. We've been getting more than 200,000 jobs just about every month this year. And in July, we got 215,000. I mean, what's so great about that? It was just slightly ahead of the 212,000 that the consensus was, but there were people looking for a much stronger report than that, and we didn't get it. And in fact, it represents a decline from the 231,000 jobs that were created in the prior month. So it seems like we're going in the wrong direction. If the data wasn't good enough for the Fed to raise rates in the past, why is it good enough now when it's worse? Is there something else about this jobs report? Uh, maybe beneath the headline that is so strong that would cause people to think, aha, this is the report the Fed's been waiting for. Now they can finally raise rates. I don't see that. I mean, the unemployment rate is still low, 5.3%. It's no lower than it was the month before. So there's no improvement there. It's still as low as it's been. And the low unemployment rate hasn't prompted the Fed to raise interest rates. What about labor force participation? Because last month, it went down to 62.6. That was the lowest it's been of the entire so-called recovery. It's the lowest it's been since 1976. And you know what? It stayed at 62.6. No improvement at all. If Janet Yellen is waiting for some of those benched workers to come back into the playing field, they're still on the bench. They're not in the game. It's the lowest it's been. What about wages? You know, Janet Yellen has been lamenting the fact that we haven't had any wage growth. Well, we didn't get any wage growth in July. Wages rose just 0.2 tenths of 1%. It's exactly what people have been looking for. That's about what we've gotten every month. And Janet Yellen says she wants to see further improvement. We certainly didn't get any improvement there. In fact, last week, we found out that for the second quarter of this year, wages rose by the smallest percentage since 1982. 
And the reason it's the smallest since 1982 is because we don't have any records that go back before 1982 because they weren't keeping track of the statistic. So to me, the wage growth has never been more anemic, right? Well, if Janet Yellen wants to see an improvement, it's not in wage growth. It's not in labor force participation. Sure, we're creating jobs, but we've been creating those jobs all year. And the Fed didn't raise rates. And again, the problem with these jobs is most of them are in the service sector. And a high percentage of those are low paying. They're part time. They're temporary. None of that has changed. In fact, you know, the mass exodus from the U.S. labor market continues. Another 144,000 Americans marched off the field, right, out of the labor market. The number of Americans no longer working hit a new record high. That number now stands at 93,770,000. So if the Fed is data dependent, and in, in particularly the, the data they say that they're depending on is the labor market, there is no improvement in the July number that would validate a rate hike if the condition was for an improvement in the labor market, because it's not there. You know, and it's also not there in the economy overall. We got the most recent numbers of GDP. I've already gone over this on my podcast. If you're not regularly listening to my podcast, make sure you make a point of doing that. But the uh, GDP numbers for the second quarter were much lower than what the consensus was. They were looking for 3%. We got 2.3%. Yes, we did revise the first quarter up, but not nearly as much as everybody was expecting, including the Fed. So if you look at the entire first half, the economy grew by less than 1.5%. Again, less than half of what the Fed was looking for or expecting when the year began. And the Fed was promising rate hikes only if the data made it uh, possible or the data justified it, and the data was supposed to show that the economy improved. Well, based on the GDP numbers, we're going in the wrong direction. So why is the Fed still talking rate hikes? Why does the market still expect a rate hike? In fact, it gets worse. The Atlanta uh, GDP now forecast, and the Atlanta Fed has been really the most accurate of any official forecaster of uh, GDP. They just came out this week with their forecast for the third quarter, and they're projecting 1%. 1%, again, about a third of what the official forecast is. And they're probably right. Maybe they're being overly optimistic. But if they're right and we do get 1% for the third quarter, that means for the first nine months of the year, I think the GDP will only be growing at about 1.3%. I mean, look, this is less than half of what we got last year. In fact, um, or um, last year in the third quarter, that's the quarter we got 5% growth. If we get 1% growth this time, if the Fed wasn't raising rates last year with the economy growing at 5% and they said we're waiting for the data to improve and now the economy is growing 80% slower, why would there be a rate hike? There certainly is no improvement here. In fact, the only reason that I can think of why people are still waiting or anticipating a rate hike despite the fact that none of the data would justify it based on the Fed's own criteria, is because the Fed itself has not gone out of its way to correct this misperception, right? Because everybody thinks the Fed's about to raise rates. Obviously, Janet Yellen knows this. She reads the papers. 
right? She turns on CNBC. She knows what people expect, yet she's done nothing to douse those expectations by saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, I only said we're going to raise rates if the data improved. I was looking for further improvement. And in case you guys haven't noticed, uh, the things are getting worse. The economy is slowing down. We're getting no improvement in labor force participation. In fact, it's getting worse. Wage growth is still anemic. So we're not going to raise rates. Janet Yellen is not saying that. And I think the reason she's not saying that is she doesn't want to admit it. She doesn't want to admit that her monetary medicine didn't work. In fact, not only did it heal the patient, it made the patient sicker. So she has to pretend that she's going to raise rates. And maybe she's backed herself into a corner at this point where she may have no choice but to raise them. We'll see. But again, if she does raise them, she's already prepared the market for a tiny raise, right? Maybe 25 basis points, maybe not even that much, right? I mean, they can raise rates 10 basis points, 15 basis points. And Janet Yellen has also said that if she does raise interest rates, she's not going to raise them again for a long time, right? She's going to be very cautious. She's going to assess the situation. She's going to make sure that the economy can handle higher rates before she raises them again. Now, that alone ought to raise an eyebrow. I mean, we're talking about raising rates from zero to some tiny amount above zero. Yet the Fed is worried that if they do that, it might jeopardize the recovery. Well, what kind of recovery would be jeopardized by one quarter of 1% in a rate of interest? Obviously, just a bubble. She's just wondering how big a pin will it take to prick this bubble, right? Let me stick this little teeny pin in there and let me wait and see if the air comes out, right? That's what she's saying. I mean, think about it. Interest rates under Alan Greenspan got no lower than 1%. That was the emergency rate that we used to revive the economy or reflate the bubble following the bursting of the dot-com bubble and the September 11th attack on the trade centers. 1% was the emergency rate. And Greenspan never brought them below 1%. He certainly could have if he wanted to, but he didn't. We are not even close to that level. So how could this recovery be so fragile if it's real, yet the Fed is worried about what might happen at a very slight increase in an interest rate that's already zero? That gives you a window into the Fed's thinking. Obviously, they know the fragility of this economy. They recognize that this is a bubble if they know that a tiny little teeny weeny rate hike might prick it, right? So if the Fed, in fact, does raise rates, that may be the only time it does it. In fact, if the Fed were to raise rates, they may have to cut them as their next move. In fact, the only reason that the Fed would raise rates is simply because they're at zero and maybe they want to reload the gun a little bit so that the next recession, when it starts, they have a little bit of ammunition. But, you know, if they raise interest rates, even a small amount, they will accelerate the beginning of that recession. I mean, we're probably already on our way, right? But if the Fed raises rates, they'll speed it up. And so I don't think they're going to get an opportunity to put much distance between zero and wherever they go before they have to cut rates, which is why I think it's better off for the Fed to never raise rates at all. I think they they hang on to more of their credibility. I'm not really sure why they have any credibility left to hang on to. 
but I think it will be easier for them if they re- leave rates at zero the whole time than have to raise them and then quickly admit they made a mistake and bring them back to zero. So they want to continue to maintain the pretense that they're going to raise rates without having to deal with the consequences of actually raising them. It's interesting, though, to look at how the markets reacted to the jobs data and now the certainty, right, that rates are going up. The dollar actually sold off. I mean, it didn't sell off dramatically, but it was lower across the board on the day and gold rose a little bit. Now, remember, higher interest rates are supposed to be bullish for the dollar. So why didn't the dollar rise on a jobs report that everybody agrees now makes a rate hike a lock? Well, there is an old trading adage, right? You buy on the rumor and you sell on the fact, right? When you anticipate an event, you buy into that anticipation. And when the event is realized, then you sell, right? You, you, you unwind your position. Well, if the Fed actually raises interest rates in September, it will be the most highly anticipated rate hike ever. We've been anticipating this for years. And so if you buy on the anticipation, the rate hike will be the sell signal. And so the markets might be telling you this, that the dollar has already gained all that it's going to gain from whatever rate hikes the Fed delivers. In fact, the Fed is going to deliver much less in the way of rate hikes than the market expects because the market expects a full normalization. They don't expect one and done. They don't expect the Fed to raise rates and then bring them back to zero. So I think this could be a much bigger buy the rumor, sell the fact, where when the fact comes and the fact isn't nearly as strong a rate hike as has had been anticipated and built into the dollar's exchange rate, I think the dollar can collapse very quickly. But what's more interesting is the reaction in the stock market. The Dow Jones was down again. Uh, It closed well off the lows. It was down, I think, about 125 or 135 points uh, near the lows. We're only down about 50 or so. But that was the seventh consecutive day the Dow Jones has dropped. This is the longest losing streak in the Dow in about four years. And I think we're off just under 6% now from the high in May. But the fact that the U.S. market is still falling shows me that maybe while the currency markets have factored in a rate hike, the equity markets have not. And, you know, I've been hearing the same refrain over and over again from the talking heads that there's no reason to fear a rate hike. Because after all, if you look back at historically, normally by the time the Fed initiates a tightening cycle, right, by the time they start raising rates, it usually takes a couple of years for the stock market to go down, that it continues to rise initially into the tightening cycle, and then a couple of years later, it peaks out. So we've got nothing to worry about. We can ride this bull for a couple more years, even if the Fed raises rates. And again, I think this is a very naive way to look at things, because you cannot hang your hat on some kind of historical precedent, because you cannot expect something normal to happen when the situation is entirely abnormal. We have had interest rates at zero for you know six, seven years. There is no precedent for this. The Fed has never began a rate hiking cycle during conditions like this. 
So you can't look back and say, well, what happens during normal, normal times is going to happen now. These are not normal times. You know, people used to tell me that about the housing market when they told me, well, you know, there's no precedent. We've never had a national decline in housing prices. And I would say, yeah, but we never had a bubble like this either. You can't go back in the past and say, well, look, housing prices never went down in the past and ignore the fact that they also never went up the way they just went up, right? So it was a abnormal condition. But here's something that's even more important. People have been saying that we don't have to worry about a rate hike because the Fed is only going to raise rates if the economy is getting better. And if the economy is getting better, that's good for the stock market because it means that earnings are going to be strong and it means the economy can afford the higher rates. So we got nothing to worry about because the Fed has told us we're only going to raise rates if the economy gets better. But now everybody believes that the Fed is about to raise rates even though the economy hasn't gotten better. The data shows that not only hasn't it gotten better, it is slowing down. In fact, normally when the Federal Reserve raises rates, it's to restrain an accelerating economy, right? They want to stop the economy from overheating. That is not what's happening now. The the economy already peaked. We're headed downhill now. We peaked while rates were still at zero. And so if the Fed slams on the brakes now, it's not to slow down a runaway truck, right? We're already slowing down on our own momentum. And if the Fed taps on the brakes, it'll just speed up the rate of decline. See, normally with all of the Fed's economic indicators falling, the Fed might want to stimulate the economy. But since it's backed itself into this corner, right, it's talking about rate hikes. It has to ignore the fact that all of the data points that are normally rising when the Fed raises rates are falling. If you just looked at this deceleration in the economy, if you looked at the trajectory in GDP, right, you might think that the Fed was getting ready to start a new easing cycle. And certainly look how long this recovery is gone. It's, you know, almost a record in its longevity even though it's a very weak recovery. In fact, it's the weakest recovery ever. In fact, I didn't mention this earlier when I talked about GDP, but when they came out with the last GDP numbers, they revised down the last three years. And they took every year, uh, the average went from 2.3% to just 2%. It was a significant reduction. And so if the Fed, the Fed was just told, hey, wait a minute, the economy was, was much weaker than you thought. You didn't raise rates when you thought the average growth rate for the past two years was 2.3. Now you found that it was only 2.0, but you're still going to raise rates. So all of this right, shows that the Fed is raising rates despite the, despite the fact right, that it had committed to only raising rates if the economy was strengthening. So the crowd that was so uh, sure that rate hikes wouldn't hurt the stock market needs to reassess that thinking. Because if the Fed's going to raise rates while the economy is weakening, it's a whole different ballgame, right? And if you look at the market itself, earnings are already under pressure. Corporate earnings are falling. That's going to be worsened by an increase in interest rates. And look at the consumer. I mean, the consumer is barely surviving with rates at zero. And leverage is so much important or very important because so much of what we spend is borrowed. Americans have a lot of debt. Corporations have a lot of debt. The U.S. government has a lot of debt. All of this debt is going to be much bigger burden if the Fed raises rates. Now, people have been saying, well, it's okay if they raise rates because we'll be able to bear that burden because the economy will be accelerating. Well, it's not. It's decelerating. This year, 2015, 
is probably going to be the weakest year of the entire so-called recovery. And that's with interest rates at zero for the entirety of the year. Now, if the Fed really begins to raise interest rates, what's going to happen in 2016? Obviously, we'll be in a recession. In fact, if the Fed raises rates now, we'll be in a bear market in stocks. There's no way to stop the market from falling unless the Fed's going to rescue it with QE4. But it can't do that if it's still talking rate hikes. So if the Fed is going to maintain the pretense it's going to raise rates or it actually raises rates, we'll be in a bear market. And if we're in a bear market, how long is it going to be before we're in a recession? Right? Bear markets, in many cases, signal a recession, especially when the recovery was built on the foundation of the bull market. It was a recovery built on the wealth effect, rising stock prices, rising real estate prices. They're going to be going down, too if they raise interest rates. It's not just going to be the stock market. So we're going to have a bear market in stocks, a bear market in real estate, and a recession. Look, there are two scenarios. The Fed raises rates, despite the fact that the data doesn't support a rate hike based on their criteria. They raise rates in the face of a weakening economy, weakening it further, meaning that the recession starts that much sooner, the bear market starts that much sooner, And now the Fed is forced to reverse course, bring rates right back down to zero, and launch QE4. The alternative is they don't raise rates, right? And the economy still goes into recession. It just takes longer. And then, of course, they got to launch QE4 anyway, because if they want to maintain this artificial boom, if they want to maintain this bubble, 0% interest rates isn't enough, because it took a lot more than 0% interest rates to inflate this bubble. Remember, the Fed got down to zero before they did QE1, 2, and 3. If zero was enough, they never would have done QE1, 2, and 3. And of course, we know that all that QE just made the economy worse, right? It made all the problems weaker. So if the economy needed QE1, it needs QE4 a lot more, right? Because it's in much worse shape thanks to three rounds of quantitative easing. But of course, the truth is it never needed the first round of QE and it needs the fourth round even less. But the Fed doesn't know that, right? They're in for a dollar, in for a pound. They have already set us on this course. And for them, there is no turning back, right? That's why I said at the beginning that you live by QE, you die by QE, right? This is a monetary roach motel or we'd have more QEs than Rocky movies. I knew from the very beginning right, that this would happen. The dollar has rallied because people think the Fed is finished printing money. They're not finished. They're just getting started. They're just warming up. This is a pause, right? This is not the end. QE4 is coming and it's going to be bigger than ever, right? Those printing presses haven't been shut down, right? They they just had a little bit of a break, right? They've They've been oiling them up and getting them ready to work overtime. Those helicopters that... You know, Ben Bernanke was talking about, right? They're not on mothballs. They're ready to go. They're still in the hangars, but they are going to take flight. This is going to end up being the mother of all money drops. And all the people who have been saying, aha, the Fed was right. Guys like Peter Schiff was wrong. You know, we're not having inflation. We're not having a dollar crisis. There are no negative consequences to all this money printing. Zero percent interest rates, quantitative easing. All the naysayers who doubted Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen have been totally discredited. It is the most premature victory lap ever. It's much worse than, uh, you know, uh, uh, President 
President Bush standing on that aircraft carrier with mission accomplished. Mission hasn't been accomplished. The mission is a total failure. It's just that all the people who are betting on the Fed haven't figured it out yet. And remember, these are the same guys that were wrong in 2007, early 2008, were on the cusp of a financial crisis, had no idea it was coming. The same crowd that had so much confidence in the new economy in 1999-2000 had no idea what was waiting around the corner. Well, it's the same guys that have made the same mistake again. They're buying into the same monetary magic. They've been fooled by the same magician. But they're going to be just as shocked when this next crisis that supposedly nobody could have predicted ends up being the worst one of all and hopefully the final one, the last one to finally shock the system into abandoning uh, these Keynesian policies of central banking and central planning and finally embracing a real free market solution that will create a real recovery, not just another bubble. But in the meantime, those of us who can read the writing on the wall will be rewarded in the investment front for having the foresight of not only seeing what so many others couldn't see, but having the fortitude to stick with our positions as everybody else uh, was trying to make us throw in a winning hand because they're trying to convince us that what we know to be true is not simply because it's taking longer than some of us might have thought for these events to unfold. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. And again, don't forget to tune in to the Peter Schiff Show podcast for far more frequent updates on what's going on in the economy and in the markets.